We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's the True Faith Podcast. Uh, Alex Hurst here with Simon Campbell sat next to me. Uh, and on the line, we've got Ben Wade, Andy Bolland and Norman Riley. And we're here to talk to you about Newcastle United nil, Tottenham Hotspur 2 on what was uh, a promising afternoon that has ultimately led to frustration and disappointment for so many different reasons. And there's only one place to start, lads, uh, and that's John Joe Shelby. Um, who wants to give him the verbal bollocking uh, that he uh, deserves? I think we'll start with you, Bolland, since you were watching. You weren't at the game, your season ticket holder, but you were at the you weren't at the game. Uh, I believe it was York you watched it in. Do you want to confirm that for the listeners? It's York I watched. I thought you were in York. No, no, that was when I was on the train. I was in London. Right, London. Nice. Um, London, not York. Um, but Shelby, so when I saw it on the telly, I, I thought Ali was faking it at first. So, like, the, the first thing that went through my head was this guy's a bit of a cheated knight, a bit of a wind up merchant, and Shelby gone over and sort of ripped the ball off him. Um, so I was up shouting at the telly. And then when I saw the replay, I was just like, oh my God, how, how stupid does he have to be? The referee's staring straight at him. He's not being remotely subtle about it. And just like, we'd all, well, I'm sure we'll come on to it, but we'd already suffered enough bad luck with Lejeune and uh, Dummett going off early. And from just to go and do something like that was just, I was I was speechless. I was watching it with, unfortunately, a Birmingham fan and an Aston Villa fan who were absolutely loving the fact that we'd managed on the opening day, our big return to the Premier League, to have such a Newcastle-esque implosion. Um He's just an idiot. He's just—it's not so much this game because this game was already sort of getting away from us. It was more Brighton and Huddersfield coming up. West Ham, I think he misses as well. Like yeah. those games, we desperately, desperately needed him, and he's just an idiot. He's, he's a proper idiot. And if Marino comes in and plays well, yeah, maybe he doesn't get his place back in the side for me straight away because it's just such an idiotic thing to do. I mean, Bonds, were you uh, when you were watching it? Obviously, you you had the benefit of replays, which we didn't in the stands. Um, are you fully behind it? it? Was a red card? Do you think that's a red card offence? Yeah, it is. It's definitely a red card offence. You can't do it. It's just it's it's just so so stupid. And the like, he did it. The referees like a couple of meters away from it. Like, it's it's obvious. You can't just go around like standing on people's legs. Like, 
it's just it's ridiculous behaviour for a Premier League footballer. And the guy, they kept pointing out on Sky, and rightly so in my opinion, like Rafford giving him the captain's armband. Like, this is a massive show of like faith. He goes, Shelby, you've been class for us last year. Lead the team out. We're back in the Premier League. And he goes and does something like that. And it's just like, it wasn't even like a particularly heated situation either. Like, it was just, but I don't know. I can't even begin to get the words to describe it. I'm still sort of, slightly shocked that he was that stupid but maybe I shouldn't be you know what was interesting to me is that um, having watched some of the highlights back if you remember when Lich- uh, Lichelles <laughs> Lichelles um, <laughs> does a great tackle um, kind of strong tackle first half and Ali and Ali does that classic thing which he should have been booked for he jumps up and kind of shoulders him very softly because he's a small lad <laughs> compared to Jamal but it was Shelby that that, that kind of you know Lichelles being, you know, I think Lascelles had taken taken on the captain's armband um, when he came on, but Lascelles was just like so cool about it, and I think Lascelles started laughing at him, but Shelby was in on it, and and you know, looking back, I mean, it's John Joe Shelby is entirely responsible for his own actions, yeah. But maybe when you look at that thing and you think Shel- that that seemed to wind Shelby up, he was the one, and he was clearly trying to say to to Ali, um, how I made like. Don't be, and then Ali, Ali was just like talking and talking and talking and Shelby was following him and so there's clearly something in it before that and you just think John Joe look, look at your captain look at your captain had the exact right response your captain's younger than you you know still young lad 22 or whatever and he was just he just laughed at Deli Ali um, you know Ben you were you were at the game with us and standing there I think there was it just a feeling of, of disbelief because I don't even I wasn't even watching what happened were you I, I don't think I was standing at this point. I, I, I was <laughs> really struggling. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was just... Regarding the Xavi incident, I mean, obviously, we, we couldn't really see what was going on, but the second he walked over, and and then, obviously, there's some something's gone on, I was I was just like, oh, he's, what's he done here? Now, obviously, I mean, people are saying it's a stamp. I'm sorry, it's not a stamp. He stepped, he stepped on his foot. But you, you just can't, as Bolland says, you just can't do it. It's it's just so stupid. And it's like, it's almost as if he, he was looking at some way to, to get at him. And obviously, uh, I mean, Deli Ali, I can't stand him. He's a little prick. How he, how he didn't get a, um, a yellow card for the, the LaSalle's incident that you were just talking about there. Um, and then just the, the whole, the way he was going on all day, he was just constantly just being a little prick. Um, like that incident there with, with the Shelby, before Shelby gets involved in him, He's rolling around on the floor like with nobody around him, like a simulation. Like how's he? How's the referee just letting him like do that? He's trying to get people in trouble. And so does. What, the one thing I'd say at this point is we talked about it last season, and I think it's Dodds you pointed out as I mean Rafa highlighted is like we need to be smarter. Like teams are going to do this. Players like Deli Ali are going to try and get away with it. It's the sort of thing our players don't really do, and probably should try and do a bit more. Like mm-hmm. our players have just got to be wise to this crack. It's going to happen. Every week in the Premier League, you're going to get players that are going to play act, they're going to dive, they're going to go over easily, they're going to give you a lip. We've just got to rise above it. You've just got to keep, like, exactly what Dodds just said, act like themselves did, just laugh at him. He's being an idiot. Like, on match of the day, they'll have shots of him falling over and stuff, and they'll be like, oh, he's going over Exactly, embarrass him. I mean, someone like Deli Ali, like, the, the golden child of bloody English football all of a sudden, on all these adverts all the time, and everything. It's like, if, if, if that's your golden boy Premier League, like, you should be embarrassed like the way he was going on and it's not as if I mean he's he's, he's had loads of incidents last year with his diving and he's had red cards and 
he's, he's got it like a nasty streak in him and I, I feel like he could have that that could have easily been the way around if we had just kept our composure if Shelby hadn't done anything keeping them at nil-nil Ali was only going to get more and more frustrated and he was in that type of mood where he just looked like he was going to do something stupid I mean let's and not I, forget I, you I, 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 feel, I feel like he could have easily got a red card if we'd have just been played the sort of just, just kept winding him up and, and just been a bit as, as Bollins is there a bit smarter like he would have lost his right as, as they got more and more frustrated I mean let's let's now move on to the the equivalent decision which was the Harry Kane red card uh, Norman, I'll come to you first on this. And I've through the True Faith account. If everyone could follow it, do me a massive favour at TFNUFC. Um, I, th- I think that's the. I, I don't know. Um, it's not hard to find. <laughs> I, I just. I don't know. Um, I, I think it's. It, 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 it is. Is it at TF? It's at TF. At, oh, I don't know. Sorry, look it up. Um, <laughs> still to come. It's been a long weekend. <laughs> Listeners, you can probably tell. Uh, TFNUFC fanzine, no? TFNUFC fanzine, that's it. At, it is at TFNUFC fanzine. Anyway, I took a, I did that kind of um, pathetic thing of taking a, a screenshot of Harry Kane with both feet off the ground, proving that he was off the ground. He went in he, the, at the point of impact. He's not in control of the tackle. Um, he's behind slash on the side. And would you agree with Rafa's assessment, Norman, that that was a red card? Oh, well, I'll put it this way. I support. I work obviously, and I work in London. Quite a few Spurs fans. One of them is a season ticket holder. Like, really uh, honest in his opinions, and he said that um, Kane, sort of one out of every two times, would have been sent off for that tackle. Yeah. And coming from a Spurs fan, now obviously Rafa straight after the match, and it was definitely a sending off. He's clearly annoyed at the fact that uh, Shelby went off, we lost 2-0. It's a, a difficult one to call because you can look at it one, one way and think, well, was that a centre forwards tackle? He was just being clumsy. But then that's the other way of looking at it is that he was, um, I think he was in a little bit of a huff by that point because he hadn't had a sniff yeah. for most, most of the time up, up until then. And uh, he went through his journey and the, the injury's pretty horrible. Um, and from a completely biased point of view, absolutely a red card. However, I can't see why um, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't given. Diplomatic answer that, but yeah. It's more just our it's more just our look with refs and and Andre Mariner in particular. If she was on the other foot, it would be a red card for a Newcastle player all day, and it's, that's just. Do, just do you think if Gil if Gil did that, it would be a red card? Well, I think of another striker we've got that did it last season. Uh, the same absolutely, right. yeah. His reputation precedes him, but I mean. The other thing I picked is, up. Uh, did did, did it look malicious? Did it really malicious? Oh, really on the telly, my, my first reaction was that it's definitely a red. Like I think oh, Jesus just nicked the, nicked, the, nicked the ball off him, and he's just like you can see him lose his rag, and he just goes for it. And that's that's the frustrating this, thing, uh, Bolland. On on the TV and in the in the punditry I've seen, it's like, oh, you know, Harry, he'd lost his rag there. Like, oh, you know, like what what a lad. He just he was just pissed off. He's fucked with centre half, man. He's fucked him. Oh, it's disgusting. Like, it's, it was a it's bit dangerous. like, do you remember just, when Paul Scores used to put tackles in and just yeah. wreck people? And people yeah. were like, oh, what's he, what's he like? Yeah. <laughs> he can't tackle. <laughs> um, but I... Same, same sort of reaction. Before you move on, Togger, did anyone, did anyone else pick up on Andre Mariner? I think it was in the first half. It was at nil-nil anyway. Um, Tottenham had a goal kick and the ball was near him and Mariner went to pick the ball up and threw it to Loris. He's like, yeah, hey, lads, carry on. Like, no, I, just, I didn't pick up on that. 
They, I don't know if refs are meant to do that. But no, they're not. <laughs> like, linesmen and refs are specifically told not to kick the ball or touch yeah. the ball at any like, point. There, there you go. I know you're chasing this one. Yeah. Like, it's it's yeah. unbelievable. Um, Mariner hates me. I mean, I detest him. I detest Harry Kane and his massive jaw. And he, he should have been sent off. In fact, in fact, he should be imprisoned. I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Norman, I'll move on to you then. Did, did we play well? And this is the... This is the hard one for, because anyone who's listened to us before, I'd like to think we're fairly positive. Me and you, because Norman now is at the match with us, me and Norman, we came out kind of, not buzzing, but we came out like enthused. And then you look at Twitter, and then you, and then you think, oh, well, we were just pissed. We were just, we were, we were standing in the new singing section. We were, we, the flags were great. I mean, Bolland might be able to provide some um, clarity to this one, but for, for you, Norman, did we play well? Well, we were we were like uh, we we were drunk at the moment, weren't we? But um, I haven't and, and I haven't hold, yeah. uh, I haven't I've, on purpose. I haven't looked. Uh, I've watched the highlights. I watched the key. I watched the Kane challenge. Um, I watched the Shelby challenge where the Shelby stamp. I haven't watched highlights on purpose because I want the opinion that I formed yesterday to be kind of to form the basis <laughs> of how I, how I feel going into the next match. And um, I think you know, looking at it, you've got to right. This team have been pretty much the second best team in the country for two years. Uh, we've just come up. We haven't, you know, Raf hasn't got the players that, that he's wanted, but he's, he's gone out with the he went out with the game plan. I think we all knew the game plan was going to be, and this this is what Spurs do: let them have the ball, let them keep it, and we restricted them to a couple of Ericsson, er, poor Ericsson long range shots. And I already the possession stats twenty seven percent us, whatever it was, seventy two percent of them. It meant nothing because the game plan was going well, and I think we all said it half time: we can nick this, we can nick this, and descending off. Completely changed it again. You you're losing a player against the team like Spurs. We're going to punish you for it. But um, I I came with yesterday thinking Lejeune looked great. Obviously, I've got no idea how long he's injured for. I don't, I don't even want to think about it. Um, <laughs> Atsu was was a revelation, really. Um, he he played fantastically well. And again, Spurs fans I've spoken to were really impressed with him. Um, Manquillo for well, I Norman, all the, Norman. We'll go uh, through. We'll go through the lads later. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So very, very happy with the performance. Um, I, I, I thought it was it was excellent up until up until the send off, which hugely hampered us. Bolland, did you get that same feeling on TV, or was it a little bit different? Um, so I think the gulf in quality between the two sides was very, very evident. We what Norman saying's correct. Like he could tell we had a plan, which was just to frustrate them. What did for us, I think, was obviously we've talked about Shelby's idiotic behaviour, but losing Lejeune and Dummett so early on, I think not only because they are two of us starting back four, it was a massive disaster, but also you just, I sort of felt it would frustrate them, it would kept frustrating, and it got to sort of like 70 minutes, maybe bring on like a Aaron's, Murphy, even Mitrovic, and we were still in the game, then there was always a chance we could have nicked something, but. For a sort of frustrating game in a, in a way, particularly I think if you watch Dwight Gale, if you watch back, he's so so isolated. Like I think he had one decent shot in the first half, which you'd probably expect him to get on target, but he put it over. Um, that was the main thing I noticed from though. He was just so isolated. I don't think we can go into the next game and play Perez and Gale again. I think it's it's not fair on Gale at, at all. Um, we didn't really test Spurs back four at all. Um, but it, it's, it's so difficult to judge because we, we were doing all right and I think if we'd kept those two players on the pitch and we'd had a few options going at the second half and Shelby hadn't been an idiot I think we were in with a chance of maybe nicking something um, 
But as I said right at the start of this, you could tell the quality of Spurs right from the off. And I think um, we'll probably get on to Mancuso, and he, he's lost his man for the first goal. But that was the sort he sort of there was always that expectation that at some point Spurs were just going to carve us open like that. Um, Maybe Bonner's not massive. Yeah, they just—you could just sort of sense that they were—they were. As we started all right, and they sort of grew into it. And the more they were on the ball, there was sort of there was almost an inevitability about it. Especially when we lost the June and Dummett, you're like, it's this is a matter of time. They'll they will get through us now. But having said um, that, having said that, Bonner and Sai wants to come in. But having said that, that that they, they had an out first half, did they? They had absolutely an out. Uh, what they did? Elliot's not. Uh, El- and to be fair, like when even when we lost those players, they still really weren't doing anything. But there was just one. I think it, when you see that goal back, it's a good goal. Like it's a well worked goal. I think if, even if Yedlin had been playing instead of Manquillo, they still would have scored that goal. Um, and that, that's what I mean by the, just the, the difference in quality was there to be seen. And um, you know, maybe that wouldn't have happened if we kept all the players on the pitch. Okay, I'm, a I must, story, but I must bring like, Sion. Go on, yeah. Sion. Yeah, you're right. Obviously, they look like the better team. They kept they had a lot of the ball. And on paper, player for player, they've got much better players than us. That's that's that much is true. I don't think there was any golfing quality really, in terms of what Spurs offered until they had an extra man on the pitch, and that just shows how hard we were working. And I think it showed even more when we went down to ten men that we were we were knackered as well because we were really putting the effort in with eleven. Um, I want to. I I think you're being harsh on Gale. Uh, I thought he did all right. Get in the circumstances, he's up against the best defensive yeah, partnership in the league. They were fucking men. Alderweireld and Vertonghen are the, are the best. Fine, I'm not trying to be. I'm not trying to be harsh on Gale because I think Gale did what we'd expect Gale to do. I think because of the way the rest of the team was up, particularly playing Perez behind him, he was he was isolated. Yeah. We were playing. We were just playing long balls up to him, and I think. Yeah, but you're I don't know whether Diame is not fully fit or something, but I think. I think we said on the, just, on, the, on the preview, just, you know, Diame would have been a better <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. someone like Diame would have been a better fit, and maybe, you know, I don't know. Uh, then Gale! I've seen Jocelyn. Jocelyn might be a different type of player, but I think against teams like Spurs, I don't think we can just keep trying to play like through the middle of them and praying uh, long uh, balls. I think they need a striker who can, like, as Gale's hold-up play was a bit, I'm gonna, I will criticise Gale on this, his hold-up play was poor. <laughs> I disagree because I think that was exactly the tactics we were going for. Let's we're gonna we're gonna defend from the back. We're gonna play behind the ball, and we're gonna see if we can get Gale in behind. It happened once in the first half, which you alluded to, and you're right. I've seen it back, and he probably could have done better. He's hit it over. That could have happened again if we hadn't gone on at ten men's on like fifty minutes. That's why Gale was there. He was there for a lapse in concentration. Then they're not gonna get many. A couple of times, Atsu got behind his man, uh, the the other Kyle Walker. And, um, and he, it's not—it's not, not criticism of Gale. I think if we just played someone to give him a bit more support than Perez, it's more criticism of Perez than it is of Gale. <laughs> <laughs> right? I think he just—he just at times he looked like he did look isolated, um, and that's not. And I said at the start that it's not his fault. I think, um, uh, yeah, I, I kind of agree with. I mean, I suppose we both go for the same point, but I suppose Bolland, I just I felt that. I don't know when I was what when I was there. I felt that it was working. I felt like Gale, oh. although Vertonghen and Oliveira were comfortable, and I was saying to Norman, saying to Sign, saying to Ben through the game, I was like, "Fucking hell!" Like the step up from the championship in terms of Shelby's balls over the top were decent, but Oliveira and um, Vertonghen were just never under any pressure from him because they're just so good. The 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 judge yeah. the flight of the ball. They've both got pace. They're not as fast as Gale, but they were, I mean, there was that chance in the first half where Gale was offside and he got clattered. And there was, I just felt as the game went on longer, and let's remember, had Shelby not been sent off, Spurs would have pushed and pushed 
and pushed. Uh-huh. They might have thrown a man forwards. They might have a centre forward might have gone on a run. A fullback might have been drawn inside. Then that's when you would have seen the best of Gale. So, you know, and again, think- without wanting to criticise Perez too much because he, I mean, Sai wants to talk about Perez a little bit now, but I felt that he, when he got the chance to run with the ball and break, he did it pretty well. So, Sai, he want to talk about Perez? Do I? Uh, well, you want to talk about the tactics after the red card, yeah, so, of which I presume Perez is an integral yeah, part. I mean, I, I totally understand. Rafa's hands were tied because we had to make those two early subs in the first half. Um, I feel like we got back in the game, weirdly, in like about the 80th minute. We had like three or four really good attacks. And it was just after Marino had come on. And Rafa had to wait to put Marino in the game because to make his third sub on 50 minutes... Would have obviously yeah. represented its own type of risk. It was still nil nil. Nine men. <laughs> he did, Someone yeah. got injured. Yeah. yeah. So another injury could have, could have killed us. So he's 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 tried. He's 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 waited and basically let Perez play centre mid for the for for twenty minutes and it, it did not go well. Um, he, he, he's, he was he was fairly anonymous as you say, um, Bolland in, in in the number ten role and he's always been that. We know what to expect from him. Like he's there. In, in case a chance kind of presents itself because he can finish and he can pull off a little bit of skill. He's but. It, it hasn't happened at all uh, on this occasion, but yeah, he was he was awful, and it felt like we just had Hayden on his own in midfield, and that's when the goals came. Yes, there were some mistakes in defence. I think Lascelles is guilty of one, and um, Mankiela probably for the other. Um, but shit, Hayden was just getting totally, totally overrun for that twenty-minute period where we, where the goal was coming, and um, yeah, that was that was Perez as as his non-existent midfield partner when Marino came on. We just we just went straight back to being balanced. Like we just had two midfielders and knew what they were doing. He looked really comfortable, and we played out the game really well. And that was really encouraging. Can I just make a quick point on Marino. Like when he came on, you know, it's straight away. Like he's really good on the ball, but also the other thing was that the, the players around him have obviously seen enough of him in training that they're so confident of giving him the ball. Like every time he once he was on the pitch, every time we got the ball, people were looking to give him the ball and make something happen. Um, it's difficult to judge how much of a success he's going to be this season off 10 minutes but like I was pretty pleasantly surprised of how good he was when he was, when he was on the pitch and yeah, we'll, we'll go how through many the players have obviously already taken to him we'll go through the new lads now then I mean Marino again yeah I thought he was very good and Bolland I did notice that what I also noticed that he's very comfortable with the ball under pressure like he's you know you compare like I know Mike Williamson is a centre back and not a centre back <laughs> But he like the football was was an alien to him. Like, I just so harsh using Mike Williams. It's it, it just like there. yeah. So, but, but even even Jack Corbett or even Vernon Anita would point like you get the feeling Mourinho could have five men on him and he'd still want the ball yeah. and he backs himself and it's like I was really impressed with that confidence he had. Let's not remember he's coming into a situation the team are two 0 down. We're down to ten men. People are walking out of the stadium, um, and he's come on demanding the football and it just was was refreshing and. Yeah. A lot of the the passes he was making um, might not come off in the future, but the fact he the fact he's trying those bending balls kind of behind their fullback, the fact he was trying balls through the middle, kind of a lot of what Shelby does or would do on a normal day. He was playing a lot more deep and didn't see much of the ball yesterday, which probably contributed to his frustration. But yeah, um, Marino for me very positive and thank fuck because we've got no one else. <laughs> it would be Modi Arme. If Marino wasn't there, coming in against Huddersfield, Brighton, and uh, West Ham, but yeah, um, well, will, Mo, will Mo not be playing up front? <laughs> yeah, Mo up front. Um, <laughs> yeah, and Norman, and I know you you've done your research and and you've uh, spoken to uh, um, journalists about um, 
Mourinho. You, you, were you impressed by his performance? Uh, really impressed. He, he, but the moment that he came on the pitch, he looked. Uh, he just looked like he had presence. I mean, he's he's tall for a midfielder. He looks tall for a midfielder, anyways. But he's uh, his movement was excellent. He was uh, like you see, he was demanding the ball. And I think I read a stat that uh, he had that he had, he put more passes in in the ten minutes than Shelby had done in the, in the whole game. Yeah. Um, he, He's going to give us something different, and like you say, based on on what I've been told by people who've watched him, especially the the couple of Sasuna lads that I spoke to, he's going to he's going to make things happen. And I'm as awful as it was seeing Shelby get sent off because obviously you know it it, it had a, a massive impact on the game. It is going to be really interesting seeing Marino um, playing these next these next couple of games, um, and I get the feeling that uh, he's going to he's going to be more of a more of an attacking threat in the sense that I think he might offer a, a few goals whereas Shelby's Shelby's scoring record the last couple of seasons hasn't been particularly good for somebody who, who early on in his career did did grab a grab a few so I very very much looking forward to seeing him play impressed with the, think, the massive 10 minutes he was on the pitch I think it'll be interesting when, when Shelby does get back if if Rafa's confident enough to put them both in the team because uh, I think what we've seen with Shelby all along is he's, he's never really had that, that foil next to him. I mean, I suppose there was a few times last year where Hayden Hayden had some really good games where he was he was getting forward. But I, I, you feel like Shelby always feels like it's it's all on him to to, to get the, the play going. Um, if you've got someone that's that, that's like Marino that's willing to take the ball on as well, it's going to release Shelby hopefully to get forward a bit more. Um, I mean, I, 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 to be honest, I quite like to see Shelby pushed into that ten roll. Um, when when everyone's back and, and and play Mikel and Hayden a bit deeper, um, just so as you say, I, I mean Shelby's got a cracking shot on him, and I feel like if he's pushed a bit further forward, that the I mean he, we've already seen how how good he can deliver the ball through to Gale from from sort of 40, 50 yards away. What what about when he's twenty yards away? I mean it'd be a lot more crisper, and I feel like he, that that could those those three Hayden, um, Marino and, and Shelby could could. Be like a really, really good, yeah, good yeah. three. I love, um, I love you to be right, Ben. I think it'd be, it'd be interesting, interesting to see. So we've got Huddersfield next, and I think it'd be interesting to see him play ninety minutes against a team that got bear in mind at this stage as well. Spurs had already won the game when he came on. I thought he looked impressive, but ninety minutes against Huddersfield, who are going to be in our faces and a lot more physical. Been, I'm excited to see how he like copes with basically that challenge, rather than getting as much time on the ball as he did against Spurs, who had already already basically won the game uh. yeah sure. uh, just quickly bet on Shelby number 10 I'd love you to be right I would but he can't run and he like it's the he number <laughs> we've got Perez but he mentioned around in the 10 it can't be any worse but you know the number 10 position does cover loads and loads, loads and loads of ground and he has come back slimmer and fitter but um, he can't run <laughs> so and the, the other players take the piss out of him for it but um, uh, I mean, Norman, um, you were absolutely buzzing about Florian Lejeune. Uh, I, I did joke at the time that like we'll be talking about this like twenty mins for like five years <laughs> when he puts in like uh, indifferent injury prone performances when he uh, as his body slowly falls apart. Well, the, the, what was he on the pitch for? 40, 40 minutes was it? No, um, it was less than that. It was, uh, it was like less. Less than that, and uh, as I think, as we said at the time. You look, look at Spurs for all the possession. It had two, two or three long range shots. I think from Ericsson. there was just nothing happening. Kane wasn't getting a sniff, and you may you may think, well, maybe that's why he went in. He went into Lejeune the way that the way that he did. He was just pissed off because he wasn't getting anything. And I think 
there was one particular incident, like you say, this is probably the one that we'll talk about 20 years from now. Uh-huh. Is that uh, the ball coming at the box? He just controlled it. He, he, he took it on, controlled it, looked up and laid it off. And it was just, it was a moment of beauty because I, I can't remember the last, I think, I mean, what, possibly Colachini in 2012 was the last time I saw something as composed as that in defence. And um, I, did, does anyone have any pattern on how, how long he's going to be injured for? Is it, is it ligament damage? I mean, it's a... Uh, a bit worrying if he's going to be out for a few months I think oh yeah that's that's disastrous but uh, we'll, we'll just be speculating at the moment no one knows um, Not, nothing out of the club at all no right, nothing yeah. no I mean I presume about Rafa's pre-match uh, pre-match press conference this week for Huddersfield probably when we'll find out um, mm-hmm. Ben I know he uh, technically he's not a new signing but as a full-time player would you think Atsu was our man of the match yeah I mean it, it was the, the one attacking player that um really stood out, um, which was a surprise. I mean, we, we, we said a number of times last year, there was quite a few times where he was given the, the impetus to, to start, obviously, and given that impetus to go and sort of take take that left-sided position for himself. And he, he, he flattered to deceive a lot of times last year. He was um, it, it was a bit of a worry, and it was one of those where you thought, mm, is he really going to be the, the left winger that we're going to rely on? He's probably going to be... He was always best suited as an impact player. Um, but Saturday against okay it was against a, a rookie sort of full back who's playing his first game but that was exactly the type of, of, of performance you needed from Atu it gave her a lot of confidence um, so, I mean me and Cy were saying a lot of times that he was constantly against two men so they clearly saw him as a threat and they were doubling up on him and he was still having success he was still um, really positive I think that's the biggest thing it was he, he was never sort of looking to I mean in stark contrast to to the lad over on uh, on on the right hand side for uh, Tottenham, <laughs> who was just passing the ball off at every opportunity, looking to Dean out, he was just every time was looking to be positive, and he got into some brilliant positions. Um, I mean, it was just a shame that obviously we, we, we couldn't really uh, get get anyone forward, and it was a bit. I, I think I feel like that'll um, that'll come in, in in future games against sort of weaker opposition. We'll be able to, to get more people in the box, but. He, he was really positive all game and I thought he was uh, the, the standout player especially when you think obviously Richie how good he was last year was very very quiet um, whereas, whereas Atsu he just looked dangerous um, every time he got the ball it was really really encouraging totally agree um, bizarre that Sky gave Kyle Walker Peters man of the match after basically getting rinsed <laughs> for 90 minutes well done <laughs> son Um bizarre uh, Bolland me and Norman were buzzing about um, Javier Manquillo obviously we haven't seen the goals but I've got something to say on that but your, your assessment of um, Javier haven't seen him for the, on telly uh, so I, w- I watched the goal back a couple of times since and I it, it's his fault but as I said before I think we could have had Yedlin it right back and they still would have scored that goal it was just like it was just a well worked goal it's um, a brilliant run. It's a brilliant. I think you've got to give Ali a lot of credit. There's not many defenders in that split second are going to see that, and he, and he attacks. He, he just he sprint. He's sprinting at full full pace. Unless you've seen that run coming, so you, you, you can't stop that. So are you talking about the Deli Ali goal? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's definitely Lascelles's man. Yes, Lascelles leaves him and he comes towards Manquillo, but Lascelles has lost him. Before Mankilo has a chance to come in and cover him. The cells, are you wrong? Nah, he's run, he's run from deep. Eh? He's run from no, deep. You're wrong. I think it's the cell, just one the of cells is playing him on side, but he's nowhere near him. He's cross. He's like yeah. he's nowhere near him. Side the cells. You need to watch. It's just a deep run, and it's just a, it's an intelligent 
run from from an attacking midfielder that has lost. I mean, obviously, he's, he's lost his. Uh, I mean, I, well, I'm guessing it must have been Perez must have been in in the uh, midfield at that point. No, I promise you. If, if you watch the whole passage right. play, Lascelles is on Ali, and then he lets him go. So. I, I hate to break it to you, but the popular consensus amongst the supporters, Mankio was at fault for both goals. But Bolland, I didn't, I didn't just want to focus on the negatives. Did what did you make of his his, his overall game? Um, I, I thought he got better as the game went on going forwards. I think there's a couple, there's a couple of times he made possibly made the wrong decision, but just as like an overall observation from him, he doesn't really seem to know where he should be. Um, his positioning's not not great, and there's a few times you can even see on the telly people shouting at him, telling him where to be because he was just sort of. Ball watching and just wandering about. Um, so there's a couple of question marks for me over his concentration or his positional knowledge. But it was it, it was it was an okay performance. I think he's going to be a backup fullback at the end of the day, um, and he and he played like a backup fullback in my opinion. But okay, so what one thing I'd say is that I mean when when, when we spoke to Rafa last season about uh, the way he used to sit down with people like Grant Hanley and go over just like the one or two mistakes he'd made in the game. You guarantee you'll sit down with Mankilo this week, show him show him the goals. All right, the first goal, agree or disagree. Second goal, where um, what's his name comes running in. The second goal, the second goal, Spurs really pissed us off. Not in the fact that this, well, obviously the score pisses off. The fact that when you listen back to the commentary, they're going on like it's a great goal. First of all, I think Ali and Kane play one two, which doesn't go to the like. Yeah. So it's great one two. It doesn't actually go to the player. Yeah, it does. It doesn't actually go to the player. That he means to play it though, and then no, he mean. I think he means to play it back to Ali. He overhits it. Ericsson is, is running, like trying to make a run. He accidentally gets the ball, overruns the ball, yeah. and then Ben Davis, who is, is there, just just like yeah. it's it, like you know what? It it does it did. I don't think it mattered that much in the grand scheme of things. I don't think it would have got back in with ten men, but it was a, a lucky goal. If you think about well, the only other real chance they had in before the scored was Harry Kane. Huge slice of luck. I think yeah. someone was playing a cross-field ball. Harry Kane was standing about 10 yards off t- offside and the ball cannoned off one of our players and just fell for them. It's like, what luck. <laughs> what luck to have those opportunities yeah. where you, you set the forward, stood five yards offside doing fuck all <laughs> and all of a sudden he's got the ball at his feet with it just from it to beat right. and he hits it straight at. <laughs> Nonetheless, as lucky as, <laughs> as every chance Tottenham had was, <laughs> Um, That'll piss off my critics. No yeah, worries. Yeah, Mankilo will be sat down in, in Rafa's offer this week, going over. Well, look, I know it's it's fortunate that he's got the ball, but you should have followed him in there. Yeah, you've left him. You've kind of you've you've cost him a goal there. And remember, I think it was after Fulham, Dogger, you called it. Hayden's not good enough. Think think about where we were huh. when 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 we first signed some of these players. Like Mankilo will improve. Yeah, he's a young lad. Rafa yeah. will work with him. I've got every faith, and I think he showed some signs. It's just about getting I, I was better. really infused by him. I was more infused in you lads, and I just felt. I that. was massively infused by him. I just the felt. Is, go on, go on, Norman. Sorry. Sorry. Well, the reason is is that I think, based on um, what we'd read about him, you know, and, and opinions of other supporters of um, certain other clubs close to ours geographically, he was going to be absolutely terrible. And um, I think I was infused by the fact that he, he clearly wasn't terrible. To me, it looked like there's definitely there's definitely a player in there, and. Um, like I think you know, like I think you said, Simon. There, once once he listens to Rafa, follows his instructions, he'll just get better and better, and hopefully his confidence will go up. And I think you know, as he as, as backup, I think he's going to be fantastic. I mean, I've, I th- I don't think it's as black and white as backup as well. By the way, I think they'll be contesting uh, for the position. I don't think we'll have, um, particularly in terms of the players Rafa brings in this season and that kind of match day squad. Apart from Dwight Gale, 
um, and well, definitely Dwight Gale at the moment and Matt Ritchie probably. I don't. I don't think we will have any guaranteed starters. I think. Um, I mean, people saw it last season with the rotation. We haven't got as many games this season, but I, I, I was just infused by the fact that he's a positive player. And yeah, you, you get your to compare him to Yedlin. Obviously, Yedlin loves going forwards, but I love the fact that he he played a lot of balls, particularly in the first half. That he he wasn't he wasn't afraid to give the ball to someone under pressure. He wasn't afraid to play one two. He wasn't afraid to hit the ball first time and back his ability. And I just think obviously it's harsh because Dummett didn't play, but he's he's kind of the antithesis of Paul Dummett. I don't mean that in any negative way to Paul Dummett because Paul Dummett's clearly a better defender than than Monkeo and probably always will be. But he's, he's you know Dummett will always play the safe option and Dummett's played some cracking balls down the line. I mean, I think I remember the goal at Ipswich was scored last year when Murphy scored it was a fantastic ball by Dummett. But um, I think Monkeo will make a lot of things happen, and I think he's always looking to ask a question. Of, of the opposition in terms of how we can how we can affect the player positively. Maybe I'm going way over the top from a game we got beat two 0 in which allegedly both games were his fault, but I was infused. Um, <laughs> is that all one new lads? I think I think we've got through them. Obviously Murphy didn't come on. I just want to have a little really quick negative bit now, and and it just feeds into the whole thing about Shelby. And I'm just a bit pissed off that we've started the season not with a defeat, not with them. I'm pissed off with a defeat in in the red card, but. I like that under Rafa last season, and I'm sure it will be this season, we're kind of made our own look, and it's just like, it, last season we weren't Newcastle United, or the Newcastle United of the last 10, 15 years, we're, we're kind of dug in and we got things done and we're, we're battled against adversity and we came through it, and it's like, this, is, this isn't this is aimed at anyone or, or anyone at the club, it's just like, if Spurs had lost their best centre-back and their left back, they literally had no one to come on. They literally had no one. They had kids on the bench in defensive positions. They, they didn't have anyone. Yet it was us. Yet it was us. And you know, it's just like it's just so it's just such a Newcastle United thing, isn't it? To lose two year back four in the first half. And it's just like once again we're talking about with a shallow red card. It's like if buts and maybes and like I'm sick of if buts and maybes with Newcastle. Um I was sick of it in the relegation season. Like one of the big things in the relegation season for me was that was when we let that two goal lead slip against Chelsea? I know Chelsea ended up being shite, but that would have just early on in McLaren's reign played really well that game, and that would have just lifted the whole support in the city. And we might we might still have got relegated, and you know what what happened happened, and it's led us to this path with Rafa Benitez. So whatever, but I just really want the rest of the season not to be about injuries and you know under um, Carver and Pardew and McLaren for the last, last four or five years we always had 10 to 12 players injured and it's been so refreshed under Rafa and it's no mistake by the way he's trying to get rid of your injury prone players he's revolutionised the physio department and the medical staff so it's not a it's not an accident it's like we're just sat here talking about stupid decisions red cards unlucky injuries and it was just like ah oh, welcome back you know, welcome back to the Premier League, lads. This is this is what it was like for you before. And yeah. I'm sure it'll be different, but it's it's just how I feel, and it's just like God is a bit down ahead of Huddersfield. Side. The, the only thing on that is, and we said in the preview uh, season preview pod, we've got five centre halves who are probably yeah. capable of doing a job. So we've we've lost two defenders 
on this weekend, but actually that doesn't mean was was down to the bare bones at least no, defensively. No, so not, no. that's, I that's, that's I the only say, thing that's different. It's probably now. the one position where we've got plenty of cover. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, what, one I thing left left back's a bit of an issue because I, yeah. I know I don't want to see Kieran Clark playing at left back. Like he's a good centre half, but I just I don't want to I don't want to see him play at left. Back. And he filled in all right to like, give him credit. He did all right, but you're right. He, he, he's obviously not. Uh, a, uh, a, that, a yeah, I'm not having a go. He did a decent job, but like. I, you know, I don't think any of us want to see Kieran Clark playing left back. So yeah, I'd like to see Modi Army back there. Sai, Gerald Gerald Anderson's in. Don't think he's past that. <laughs> yes, Pater Bolland, Pater. Um, Sai, goalkeepers. We want to talk about it. I, I don't know if we need to go into too much detail on it. I mean, both of us are, are very vocal about our disappointment that that Rob Elliott starts the season as our number one goalkeeper. He's not. I mean, to be honest, of, of the three we've got, we don't really have a, a very good Premier League goalkeeper anymore. Bolland, I know you, you'll, you'll, you'll disagree on Tim Krull, but uh, when, when I say that, in terms of are we likely to get 38 good games out of him, very it, the chances are low. Um, that said, if we don't sell him by the end of August, I think he has to come back in because he is the best keeper we'll have. Rob Elliott's not good enough. His distribution was quite poor yesterday. Quite. Um, <laughs> the second goal goes through, and the first goal, you could argue that you could do something about it. was a decent finish, but... He hasn't really made any proper saves. It's just... I, I, I don't feel confident with Rob Elliott Nets. We, we watched when there was a couple of corners at the Gallagher. Two or three of them got headed from within the six-yard box and he stood on his line like, that's no good. That's no good in the Premier League. We need a keeper who's confident, who can who can save our points. I don't think Rob Elliott's going to save us any points well, this season. Just to continue on that, with, with that... Like, when, when you're defending deep like we are from those corners or there's a couple of crosses in... You, you leave yourself open to the bad look I'm talking about. So he's allowing his centre-halves to head the ball inside the six-yard box, close to him. If the, if Harry Kane nudges Lascelles and heads one in and the ref doesn't give it, all of a sudden you think, fuck's sake, ref, you fuck what? When actually your keeper should be coming to claim it. Like, you leave yourself open in these situations, I think, with Rob Elliott. And it wasn't his fault we lost the game. And he, he made a good save, actually, of Harry Kane. I mean, Harry Kane hits him straight at him, but you've got to stand big, you've got to stand yeah. tall. He, he stood... Strong enough that the deflection went to safety. Um, I thought it was kicking, and actually, I, I was impressed by his distribution at the latter stages of last season. I thought it was kicking yesterday it was very poor, but it's one game. Um, I agree with you. It's no, it's no secret. Rafa wants a keeper, so it's not like, it's not like you know Rob Elliott is going to play thirty games a season, yeah. or unlikely is it? But it was one area of the pitch. Obviously, Hugo Lloris is a fantastic keeper, and Spurs have a lot of fantastic players. It was one area of the pitch. I just thought. I, I was really worried about it and I didn't like you say we, we are the anti-Robbie's fan club though um, me and Sai so it's not like it's not anything new and um, we'll back him and whatever throughout games but I'd love to see we're signing a decent keeper and I'd love I, I thought Carl I think Carl I think Carl Doll is a better keeper obviously Rafa disagrees and he knows more than me um, lads does that just about do it on the Spurs game I haven't missed anything have I lads was there anything you lads um, on the line want to, want to say about that game any points? I've got, a, I've got a question for Andy because you watch it on telly, Andy, is that right? Yeah, I do, yeah. Uh, um, so, a Pochettino's interview at the end of the match, he said that uh, he thinks um, more goals would have made it a, a, fairer, a fairer result. Now, I, don't, I didn't see that they made that, that many clear cut chances. Would you, would you agree with his assessment that Spurs, you know, a 4 or 5 nil would have been a fairer reflection on, on their absolute dominance of the game? Uh, absolutely not. Yeah. I think two 0 reflected the 
how much better they were than or how much more luck they'd had than us. I think he's probably coming out from the angle like Harry Kane a one on one with Rob Elliott. Like nine times out of ten, Harry Kane's going to score that. Um, he hit the post he, as well, didn't he? Yeah, did he get have a one off? Did he get one offside as well? So that's probably what Pochettino's on about. Yeah, but, I think so. Um, yeah, I thought Tuna was fair. I thought we, we we dug in well, and I think previous seasons maybe it would have got out of hand, but. Um, no, two 0 was fair. Pochettino's wrong. Right. I think that's one. That's one of the, the positives of, of Rafa. Though, is that how like organised does this team look now compared to just about well, twelve months ago? Like we've, we've gone to, as you alluded to earlier, um, Norman, the second best team for the last two years in England. Really, really struggled to break it down with our third and fourth choice centre backs in, um, a, a centre back at left back. Um, and I mean, even even with the ten men, again we're, we're working really hard. We're, we're sort of working to the plan. The the wide players were digging in, like uh, Richie and Natsu did a lot of work defensively. They were they were doing the right things in terms of letting them move the ball wide and then going out and pressing the man. It just looked like a really organised team that knows exactly what they do. And how many times have we had it in the past where we get a man sent off and we just fall apart? That didn't happen, and that's a lot of I think there's a lot of um, encouragement to take from that because. This is a team that are going to be fighting, and the fact that we kept it at the two, I think, is, is a massive statement. And we'll take a lot of confidence from that that, that they, they they only managed two against us. And, and we said before as well for the last ten minutes. That's I mean, <laughs> Spurs should have been been kicking on trying to get more goals. Um, yeah, it was it was us that were in the ascendancy. Marino coming on playing some good balls. Uh, Atu getting involved again, getting the balls in. Um, we, we we finished quite strongly, I felt, so I think there's a lot of positives to take from that. Um, and we've just got to kick on and, and sort of not feel sorry for ourselves. Yes, we've had some bad luck, but as you said, Doggett, let's, let's turn, turn that into a positive and, and sort of take take a lot of um, positivity from that performance that when we go to Huddersfield next week, we're better than them. Yeah. Agreed. But that's what I meant when I was saying before. Like, they, they obviously looked better than us, but it was only going to take a really good goal to beat us. And, uh, you know, you know that Spurs have got that in the locker, and I think that's what that Deli Ali goal was—just a really good goal. And they would have scored that goal probably against most teams in the Premier League. So we weren't battered by any imagine, any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, and we'll, uh, well, I mean, most of us are going to Huddersfield. We'll be there with you there for you next week, and I'll be doing the preview show this week. So we'll be talking about that a lot more. If anyone knows any Huddersfield fans who uh, would like to talk to us, please put them in touch. And Patrick Stewart then. Patrick Stewart, I doubt it, sorry. Um, also, uh, I just will have to really touch on the Mike Ashley Sky interview. Uh, I know, Norman, you've not seen it, sorry, did you watch it? I've not watched the I've seen the No, highlights. Ben, Bolland, have you two seen it? Yeah, I've seen it. Nah. Right, so me and Bolland will talk about this one. <laughs> um, I thought, first of all, when it was announced he was doing the interview, it just raised so many questions why he was doing an interview with Sky. Like what you would do with NUFC TV, wouldn't you? If you're trying to talk to your, if you're trying to talk to your own support base, you wouldn't need to go to Sky. You would do it on NUFC TV. The club then emails everybody. I think, I think the club got an email database of 300,000 people. So you can see like your castles, like fan bases, you know, extended fan base if you want is about that size um, around the world like that's what you do and you wouldn't let David Craig interview you you would let someone from the so so our, my opinion Paul, is that that interview was not for Newcastle fans 
Would you agree, or do you think I'm overplaying it? Uh, I would agree with that to an extent. It was, it was almost like he's trying to get sympathy, or like there's some of the things he was saying as well. They were clearly not meant for Newcastle fans because we all yeah. know it's bollocks, basically. Like coming out and apologising to Shearer and Keegan, like well, Keegan particularly, like proven in, in a court of law that he was li- a liar. So why is he coming out saying I think he did a fantastic job and the infrastructure wasn't there? Like he constructively dismissed the man. Yeah, there's no like I love, I love, accident. I, I loved it where he's like the infrastructure was there. <laughs> it was there, Mike, but it was just shite. And you put it there, like do you know what I mean? Like the infrastructure wasn't there. Well, no, it was. There was the. If anything, it was probably the closest thing we've ever had to an infrastructure. You just filled it with fucking but, idiots. Um, well, it was an infrastructure that he put in place to undermine Kevin Keegan. Yeah. <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the, the the there was there was so many inaccuracies in it. There was saying that he shouldn't have sacked Samaldice when it was like pretty much the only good decision apart from hiring Rafa that he's done. He was he was saying in the early days, in the early days, things were going quite well. Like when we finished fifth, we'd already been fucking relegated. Like he'd already had the Keegan <laughs> thing. Um, when we finished fifth, we didn't spend any money. <laughs> like we fucked it up massively. You got pissed off that we didn't like. So it just it just sounded like a guy to me who it's hard because you can think whether he, I mean he's an evil villain. You can think that whatever you think, everyone's got an opinion, and it's kind of almost irrelevant because I get it. I I am part of the club that thinks that he shouldn't have to put any money into the club. I think the club should be self sufficient, as all clubs should be. However, if the club is self sufficient, then what's the point of him? Why? Why does he just? Why does he just sell the club to the fans and say, "Pay us back over twenty five years. Pay me a stay back over fifty years." So I'm very much of the opinion. No, I, I do not want Mike Ashley to put any more money into this football club. I'm also of the opinion that interview was done for one reason and one reason only, because he is desperate to sell the club. The club brings him nothing. That he it, it it just brings him disappointment and problems. And apart from being a, a free advertising vehicle for his his sports brand which has its own problems uh, I think he's desperate to sell the club and whether there's someone in the often I don't know I mean there's stuff about China in the summer I think that was a kind of look at me look how relaxed I am look how easy it is running this club everything's fine we've got Rafa it was kind of like for those who don't know football or football as well as Newcastle fans or Newcastle as well as Newcastle fans do that was a come and get this club plea out on Sky Sports very soft questions, very jokey, very jovial. I've made loads of mistakes, but we're in the Premier League. We've got Rafa. It's a come and buy this football club. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's great. I love it. It's just that's the only. That's the only thing I can think of. What, what him, other? Him purpose? saying he wanted to sell the club was basically the only sincere thing he said. Like, yeah, the, the Shearer, maybe this is just like black and white goggles on here, but like talking about Shearer and Keegan and apologising to them like yep. do you think Mike Ashley's picked up the phone to Kevin Keegan and <laughs> apologised for being such a massive prick or just spoken to Shearer and been like yeah I probably didn't handle that situation very well he, he definitely hasn't because he didn't even tell Rafa that he was doing the interview so yeah. uh, it just annoyed me shouldn't, shouldn't treat people like that no and you have to say it, it just makes me so annoyed like you all, you all know, everyone listening knows the crack that we can't compete with Man City. We would like to compete with Stoke City, you know what I mean, rather than buying their fourth best striker in the, and playing them and not being able to buy players for 13 million quid in the Premier League after making a 30 million pound transfer surplus plus 
Florian Turban last season, so like a £41 million transfer surplus. It's just so frustrating that David Craig and Sky, it wasn't an interview. Craig Hope quite rightly called it an advert for Mike Ashley. And it was just like, it's almost like living in like North Korea in a football sense where, <laughs> you know, everyone's like, you know, everyone lives a terrible life and there's no food and anything. And then the great leader goes on telly and, and, and the interview goes, so Kim, everything is champion. He goes, oh yeah, champion. Oh, really brilliant, isn't it? It's like, and it's just, that's what we had last night with Mike, Mike Ashley. And it was like Mike, Kim, John, or whatever his name is. Um, they, they look like each other, but that's probably as far as the, uh, as this pattern needs to go because we're I'm just rambling now. What? Yeah. Um, Don't stop and just, just let him. Yeah, just leave it's it done. Be. I'm just annoyed and it just pisses off. I just annoyed. It just upsets us. But never mind, uh, lads. I think that was the podcast for this week. I think we'll great, leave it there. Great way to end. Mike, John, Kim. Me North Korean politics isn't. On that, how are we better than that? I'll end on with some plugs then. I'll end with some plugs. Um, new True Faith fanzine is out. It's 100% free. It's my first editor, massively in the debt of the lads who've been good enough, including Norman, to write and produce um, fan content, which is free. Uh, click on the link. It's downloadable. Read it on your phone, your tablet, your PC. Tell a friend about it. Um, you'll find it all over our Facebook and Twitter pages. Um, and on the True Faith website as well it's just loads of Newcastle fans like us talking and writing well not talking writing about football and it's kind of a look ahead at the season and the new signings and Norman's done a fantastic it is at Newcastle United which uh, which you should all read and um, the more people read it the less I'll bang on about it so there you go but you know it's, it's got a massive readership around the world of about you know 15 to 20,000 people 25,000 people so it is a, a great resource for Newcastle United fans um, and I'm, I'm really pleased to be have the opportunity to lead it um, and we'll be back for you this week with the preview podcast of Huddersfield we'll do another match day podcast at Huddersfield a bit controversial this week um, had to replace one section of it uh, but never never mind that if you haven't heard it just just forget about it um, but yeah lads Bolland Ben Norman and Sai, thank you very much for your time and thank you all for listening we really appreciate it we're still going to be fine this season don't worry, I'm sure. Do we all agree with that? Uh, you know, we're not worried, overly worried about relegation or anything. Oh, I'm just buzzing for the next game. Yeah, the next game can't come soon enough, can yeah. it? It's just like, there's a reason we're on telly. One, you know, we're on TV in the first 12 games more than any other club, and it's because they want what I fail. It's because they want Newcastle fans at Southampton, um, 400 miles from home, getting beat 3 0, and it's just like, they, they just want to laugh away, and we'll prove them wrong. Thank you. Agreed. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.